The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time for just a little news from around the NBA, around the league, and news that went way under the radar. And I mean way under. The Mexico City Capitanes began their second G League season this week. I have to confess, I didn't even know it was already a G League team until now. Like right this second. Last year, due to COVID, they were forced to play out of Fort Worth, so this was their first actual game in Mexico itself. And you know what? It's going to change the NBA forever. Why? Why, you say? One word. Expansion. Adam Silver is trying to take this NBA thing to the GBA. Not the National Basketball Association, but apparently the Global Basketball Association because he wants to put a team south of the border, folks. The kickoff to the Capitane season was a part of a two-stage process by the NBA to push to promote, to sell the NBA in Mexico. The first stage was the inaugural game for Mexico City, the latest G League franchise and the first ever in Mexico. Adam Silver has long wanted to tap into the Mexican market, and now he has a foothold in the fourth fourth largest city in the world. It's pretty pretty important, pretty big. Uh, Players are already raving about the facilities, including the Arena CD in Mexico, which is pretty lit. Seats 16,500, 8,000 for G League games. And the second stage is an actual NBA game that's taking place in Mexico City between the Spurs, a team that's already got strong Mexican fan base, in December. And this is going to be an annual thing, apparently. Huge event. Mark Spears from Anscape, a subsidiary of ESPN, was just down there. He reported this on the Hoop Collective. He said everything feels really good. He said it was actually better than Beverly Hills down there, which is pretty stunning. All of this is taking place against the backdrop of the NBA expansion because Adam Silver recently came out and said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the league will expand, and we are not talking about tomorrow. This is kind of like Game of Thrones when you know it's coming, but it's like 
seven years away. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, when will we see Jon Snow? Will John, is Jon Snow alive or is Jon Snow actually dead? I saw uh, the, red, the red woman. What was her name? The Red Witch or whatever. I saw her in his room. Does that mean, uh, does that mean he's coming back to life? It's like, bro, we're not going to know until like four years from now. We won't know until there's a new president elected. Why are we talking about this? Because it's fun to speculate. So the NBA is getting an expansion team, but it's probably not until like 2027, right? It's obvious that the league wants to expand into the Spanish-speaking world. This is why their Mexico City moves are getting tons of push. I don't. I think this is going to be very high priority. Seattle is a lock as well since they stole a team from the team up north. Uh, the Sonics bolted down to OKC. Where does that leave Vegas? Vegas seems like a lock as well. So you have three spots when the league wants to expand, and then you have to give balance to the conferences. So that means there must be four spots on the table, doesn't there? Hmm. What would that fourth spot be? Apparently, possibly San Jose, another Spanish-speaking market, one of the fastest-growing cities in the United States for what reason? I do not know. Uh, But that brings up another issue that not enough people are talking about. Does the league actually have enough quality players to flesh out two expansion teams, let alone four expansion teams? Because that means an extra 30 to 60 NBA players. How many more truly elite basketball players are there out there just sitting on couches, not playing in the NBA, playing overseas, playing in G Leagues? On the top of my head, here's a short list of players either in the G League, playing overseas, or unsigned free agents I think that would definitely get a look. We can count them. So we've got Dwight Howard, who's playing in Taiwan. We know he can play. He was just playing. Carmelo Anthony, he was just playing. Unsigned free agent. Boogie Cousins, unsigned free agent. As an aside... He wants to play back in Sacramento. We will see about that. But Taco Fall played in the NBA, unsigned free agent. Don't know he would get a lot of run, but he would make up a roster spot for sure. Greg Monroe played in Milwaukee on the G League, on the Go-Go's, unsigned free agent. Hassan Whiteside just played in an NBA team. A lot of centers. Just want to point that out. A lot of big men. Uh, probably not all going to the four teams. Uh, Ennis Freedom, another big man, unsigned free agent. Dante Exum, Europe. Kevin Pangos, Europe. Tomas Sadoransky, didn't even know he was out of the league, really. Europe. Uh, Carson Edwards, Europe. Bialicia, probably not going to go back from Europe because he just left the NBA to go to Europe, but he could make a team. Uh, Vasily Micic, Europe. OKC writes. Rokas Jokabetis, Europe. New York Knicks writes. Mike James, just a shit talker about, about Kyra, uh, Steph Curry, Europe. But there's one wrench in the plan, though. Windhorse reported that the recent sale of the Denver Broncos impacts the NBA market as well because it sold for $4.65 billion. That opened up a lot of eyes about how much sports teams are really worth. Wendy said, There's starting to be some rumblings of some NBA owners maybe looking to sell. The market is getting ripe for NBA owners to sell. The Broncos set a new North American record after selling for $4.65 billion in June. This could carry over to the NBA as well. And the upcoming collective bargaining agreement and the new rights deal could help values grow even more. There might be some folks sitting on the sidelines sort of wondering, like, should I sell? And they're going to see these numbers. Keep in mind this, too. The Fenway Group is putting the English Premier League soccer team Liverpool also on the market. 
Think about that. Initially, it was reported that the team was for sale for $4 billion. But rumors are that it might go for as much as $6 billion. If that happens, you would imagine there's going to be a lot of NBA owners saying, if I can get $2, million, $2 billion more than asking, maybe it's time for me to get on out before this bubble pops. Well, and then you have Braun and you have KD who say they want to own teams. They're, they've got unlimited money. They could probably buy a team for $7 billion. It's a safe bet. There's going to be multiple teams changing hands in the coming years. What that means for the league remains to be seen. Uh, T-Wolves, let's move on on them. Nothing more than I, uh, that I love than being ahead of the news cycle. So I sensed my breakdown of the Wolves about 10 days ago. Now everybody's on board. Go Bear trade sucks. Fucking sucks. People now saying this is the worst trade in NBA history. It's only been 10 games, by the way. I saw it after two. The Wolves' woes, most of it stems from the fact that their starting lineup is statistically the worst in the NBA. Uh, we talked about this last episode as well. Ant Edwards addressed that in a postgame presser. He says our starting five, all minuses, minus 18, minus 12, minus 14. Their whole starting five, plus 20, plus, that's crazy. Our bench, plus, plus, plus. That's the story now of the year. The bench is playing great because they play as a team. The starters suck because they all have egos. We note that. Uh, but Chris Finch says that he's changing lineups now. Mm, we consider changing lineups and rotations all the time, but I don't know if we feel 100% confident that this is the problem. But we are going to shuffle the deck with the starting lineup, but I'm not there yet. What does that even mean? Uh, not 100% confident. You have a starting lineup with a net rating of minus 5 over a, per 100% per 100 possessions that scores 97 points per 100 possessions. That's worse than the Lakers. I would think that that is probably priority one. I will do a deep dive into Carl Anthony Towns because he's the worst, um, but on, be on the lookout for that. But if you're a Wolves fan, when your head coach is saying that the starting lineup isn't the problem when it is 100% the problem, then maybe he is the problem. That is concerning. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, let's move on. Michael Porter Jr. Man. He's a fascinating dude. One of the nice surprises to start the season has been his performance. He's been plagued with injuries, as you guys know. He fell down the draft board from Mizzou because of his back issues, and then he had more issues with his back, and now he's back, back. As an aside, I don't even want to tell you about his three-point prop because it's probably just going to continue to go up if I give it out, but if you can get it at two or more, it is just an automatic lock right now. Anyway, off the court. He's had a bit of a rough week. He got a bunch of shit stolen in his hotel room during a recent game to the tune of a lot of money. What did the thieves steal? This part was very interesting to me. They stole money? Yes. Okay. They stole a gold bracelet? Yes. Okay. Uh, two Louis Vuitton bags? Yeah, I got that. And uh, a Bible. A Bible? Wait. What? Yes, 
They stole this man's Bible with his notes in it and everything. He had pages earmarked. What is a man to do? Like, you can't, can't leave your fucking Bible in the hotel room. By the way, there's another Bible that's not his in just every single hotel drawer. Everybody knows that. If you wanted a Bible, you don't have to steal his personal possessions. His Bible? You stole his Bible? Let's face it, man. That's weird. That's fucking weird. What, what thief goes into a hotel room and is like, yeah, let's get this Bible. Yo, that one has a leather binding on it. It's like the early edition a OG Bible. Like this one's hard, super rare. I can't even get it on Amazon. I don't even, uh, which kind of Bible, how rare could a Bible be? Is it like the King James first edition? Not the LeBron James first edition, but the King James first edition. I have a friend who's a publisher. He doesn't even bother to lock his car when he goes to trade shows because he says, and I quote, there is nothing on earth safer from being stolen than a box of books. And you steal a Bible? Jesus Christ. I'm not a fan of break-ins. Someone broke into my car actually right outside of the studio. And and what'd they steal? They stole a blanket. An Ugg blanket. I had clothes in there, shoes in there, a basketball in there. I don't know, like a pair of headphones in there. Nope, they didn't steal any of that. They stole a blanket. So my thoughts go out to MPJ because, like, you can replace money. You can replace a couple of Louis Vuitton bags. But, like, his OG probably had it since he was four years old. Bible has every verse highlighted that he goes back to when he's in certain moments of adversity. Oh, yeah, let's go to John 316. That's on page this one. I got this one highlighted. Oh, yeah, there's additional lines of scripture that I made notes on. Oh, yeah, remember this. Like, now he's got to go back through the Bible and find all that shit out new. Fresh pages. Got to sort that out. What's that going to be? A special Bible. That shit means something. All right, moving forward. Derek Rose, I need to let you know. This is a very pro Derek Rose podcast. Love him. I know that he's been hated on. I know he's been slandered, but not here. We love D. Rose. Nothing was cooler than him and Tibbs having the love connection that they've had. I love it. They are like... They are like peas and carrots, right? They And he literally put the Knicks on their back. He They didn't even have a point guard. It was like a manual quickly season, and he was like, nah, I got this. They He carried them to the playoffs pretty much just on one knee alone. And then, as sadly has been the case for him, his body breaks down last year. He has to sit on the bench, which probably makes the injury worse. You know, when you have a bad back, bad knee, you're sitting down. If you've ever had a bad knee and you've had to sit in a car or on a plane, you know what I'm fucking talking about. And so now they brought in Jalen Brunson. Now there's no room, really, for D. Rose anymore. And not surprisingly, because D. Rose is who D. Rose is, they ask him about it, and they're like, hey, have you talked to Tibbs about the fact that you don't get to play anymore? Your guy, the guy that's like peas and carrots with you. Have you asked Tibbs, like, hey, Tibbs, um, am I going to see the floor anymore or what? He was like, no, I'm letting everybody be. The last guy he wants to hear from is the guy who's been in the league for 15 years going in complaining and bitching. I'm just trying to give everybody the space. I'm in the unknown. He doesn't even care. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to see how it goes. 
We're just going to let it be. <laughs> when I get in, when I get in. It's like kind of like me and my Saturday shows on WFN. When I get in, I get in. I'm not even going to ask. I'm fine. We're good. We'll see how it goes. How do you not love D-Rose? No wonder Tibbs just cannot do any team stuff without penciling D-Rose's name in. He's just like the last, he's not even like close to a diva compared to the guy that we saw as the MVP for the Chicago Bulls back in the day. Like, I love D-Rose, and this is exactly why. I don't know how much is in the tank for D-Rose, but I have to believe that in the playoffs, if they get into the playoffs, he can come in, give you a good 10, 15 minutes. Smart basketball, good decision-making basketball. And if he does that, you get another two year, two three years left in the league. I think the Knicks in the league are better with D-Rose in, in the league. I think we need to have a talk about NBA Twitter. It's under fire. It's under attack right now. You didn't even know that, did you? Have you almost eaten the trash in the last 48 hours since Elon Musk took over? Bet you have. I bet you saw something from from Adrian Warja Janowski, Warja Janowski, and you're like, is that really Woj or is it not Woj? This is the bomb. This is the nope. Uh, that's no. That's the best. Not even Woj. Nope. That fuck that. Come on now. Elon Musk is jumbling up Twitter to the point where we can't even trust Twitter to be Twitter anymore. Blue checks for you. You get a blue check. You get a blue check. You get a blue check. Come on. I thought that this shit was safe. I almost got taken by a fake Woj bomb saying that the Nets had released Kyrie Irving. Same photo, same blue check, 16,000 likes, and fake as fuck. Bullshit, I think. Very bullshit. If I can't trust Woj, a a blue check mark Woj with 16,000 likes, what can I trust? You know what I mean? What can I trust? I can't trust a man. If I can't trust a Woj account with a blue check mark and 16,000 likes saying that Kyrie Irving was released, then who? what can I trust? Can't trust my Bible to be in a hotel room without getting stolen, I'll tell you that. I have no idea what's happening with Twitter. All I know is you got to click on every single account and you got to be sleuth and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to make sure it's being retweeted by the right people and then you got to make sure that you don't retweet it before other people that you trust retweet it or you just end up eating the trash. If he fucks up NBA Twitter for me, I'm going to be so mad. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. Check out the feed. Past episodes, mini episodes, we're dropping them all the time. You got to make sure you look out. Make sure you subscribe so that they send alerts to your screen and they say, alert, alert, there's a new Heat Check episode. Uh, also, do not forget to download. Do not forget to subscribe. Please tell all of your friends. And make sure you follow us on social at, at this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Big shout out to my producer, Nick Berlansky, making sure this shit sounds tight and right for y'all. And thank you again for listening. Super appreciated.